to this week's episode of the RevOps Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Henderson, and I'm joined today in our third part, third third part of our trilogy episode with myself, Howard Brown, and Alistair Wilcock. Go ahead and say hello, guys. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Alistair. Hi, Howard. Hi, Jordan. We're going to be talking about data at the point of decision or real time. I like to call it data at the point of decision. I think that's like a broad overarching thing. As everybody knows that listens to the podcast, I talk a lot about data at the point of decision, probably ad nauseum, because I think data at the point of decision is both a core responsibility of revenue operations, as well as a key factor to be considered when you're building a tech stack. I think those two things are very, very important. So, Howard and Alistair, y'all also spend... A lot of time thinking about the role of real-time guidance, data at the point of decision, in during the sales process, and how important that is for sellers. And so, what are the what are the what, what I want to start with that because we talk a lot about real time is what are the core problems that you see? You know, real-time call coaching, real-time analytics, real-time data for sales reps. What are the core problems that that solves for the business? Look. The, the job of a salesperson is extremely difficult. Uh, buyers have an unfair advantage. They, they are professionals at their business and they have problems that they need solved, right? A seller represents an organization and has to understand an application or a service as well as all of their competitors' products. Then they need to either reach in or they need to be responsive to somebody who's reached into them and essentially know all of the information so that they can be prepared for that moment where they engage with a professional that's interested in their product or service. That is an incredible task for any human being, right? And that is what we expect from our sellers. We expect them to get on the phone. We expect them to go meet with businesses and in every moment be armed with the data, the content, the answers to address the very needs of the buyer. That is incredibly difficult. And it's why very few reps actually hit quota. It's why we see a horrible horrible attrition rate amongst salespeople. It's why the lifetime of a sales rep is on average 18 months, and you only have a third of your reps even hitting quota. These are horrific challenges. And so what does real-time information, real-time coaching, real-time moments truly provide? They provide a way to use technology to provide augmented intelligence for the reps. It is the ability to know that no matter what what no matter what situation happens, I am armed to, to man that moment. Think about all the moments in life where you look back and you think, boy, I wish I would have handled that differently. We all have those moments. The idea of real-time guidance is that something has your back. You're not going to miss the moment. That is what real-time, that is what situational awareness is. No matter who I'm talking to, no matter what situation I'm in, I'm armed for it. That is the unfair advantage we're giving back to salespeople. Yeah, and for for what I, what I sort of like pulled out of that is the, the core problem you're solving. Rep retention being a huge one. You touched on that a few different ways, right? Like 
providing real-time coaching to sales reps will help with rep retention because of a second core problem you're solving, number of reps hitting quota, right? Like if you solve both of those two things, like real-time will, those are core business problems that providing data at the point of decision for your sales reps can help solve. Alistair, anything you would add to that? Well, I think you guys are nailing it, right? I'm like, it is, it is at that critical moment where these things matter. Now, I, my head was going to, okay, well, we agree, but the question is you know, how, right? And, you know, I want to kind of build off something that we've had before in previous sessions, right? Where we say, well, you, you, you can go build it in-house. And if you're going to build it in-house, we're going to have to get all of the marketing data, like the map and ABP data. We're going to have to get all the SDR, ISR data, which is SCP and CI. We're going to have to get all the sales data, which is more CI, SCP, um, op data, and then also all of the management CRM data, where they have to get the customer success data, which is for coming from those systems. We're going to have to link that to the ERP data sets. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff that actually needs to come together. And you can do it. But I just go like, it's time, Jordan. Like it's time to value mm-hmm. pulling that together in complexity. And, and that's a big, big problem. So then you go back to tools. You go, well, what tools can do that? How do we do it? Because to Howard's point, we can today. Like in in 45 days, that huge mess I just told you about, in 45 days, that can now get done through tooling. Yeah, That's amazing. You think we actually live in a time where in 45 days, I can deal with my rep ramp time. I can deal with quota issues. I can deal with all of that stuff. That's unheard of. And you couldn't like five years ago, but we can now. So I think it's it's just, it's important to understand how complex this is and all those attributions that are needed in order to pull it off. Because I think there's a bit of disbelief that these things can happen in real time. But once you figured it out, you totally can. And the insights, I, I just, sorry, I will just say this. The insights are amazing. Using Revenue.io, by the way, is what he's talking about. So just everybody, he's talking about the, the, the company he works at. Sorry, yeah, I am talking about Revenue.io here. But, like, but you know, when I came from Gardner, so so just just for context, yeah, ha- almost half a decade at Gardner covering all of these technologies, and you know, um, and then seeing what Howard and the Revenue.io team. Obviously, I made the switch, right? Came over, but. You do look at it and suddenly go, wow, the fact that you can do it in real time and discern things like, oh, when and how I should be connecting with the buyer, what channel I should be engaging in. I'm pr- you know, not just so then when I am talking with Howard, here's what to say, how to handle certain things, how to object, all of those things are going on. And and you sit there and go, well, that's static. That's probably good for an SDR. But the fact, you know, my behaviors can get better. My emotions are improving week over week, month over month. So the things I was getting notified on and helped with on day one are completely different on day 90 and day 180. I say to Howard these days, this this space is eventually sales reps are going to say, I'm not working for you unless you have these technologies in place. Totally. That's going to be part of the interview. But I do think that he, he, he illustrated a very important point, which is, the tool gets better. It's not generalized. It's contextual to who you're talking to, to what the situation is, to where the opportunity is, to 
Am I, for example, I talk very differently in an early stage deal than I may be talking to a procurement officer, right? Like I'm negotiating some hardcore things with a procurement officer. I don't want this tool to be notifying me about certain things that I should have done in a early stage op, in a discovery. And that's what's so brilliant is it ties together where you are in the opportunity, who you're dealing with, what is the situation, and then it continues to grow and learn. That's the power. I love it. We're not going to do this week on LinkedIn, this episode. We're going to do something a little more fun, which is think about real-time guidance. You're a sales rep. You're on a call. There's a thing popping up saying, hey, you should ask this instead. You should do this differently, right? Super important. When's a time in your life, personally, when you wish you had a little thing popping up that said, we should, you, should, you should do this differently. You should do this slightly differently. Do better here than you're doing right now. Give me, give me a personal example. You got any fun stories? Well, I think what you're talking about is times where I've stuck my foot in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's right? exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, so I look, when <laughs> I was developing moments and when we were applying for patents around moments, those sort of things were so top of mind because every day I stick my foot in my mouth, whether it's with my wife and I wish I would have said something different or my kid says something and I'm like, did I just parent that way? Did I just like literally did I parent that way? I think that one shining example of, of me sticking my foot in my mouth would be on Mother's Day. And uh, I was with my mom and she was pointing out how much trouble I was as a kid. And, and I, I sort of wanted to, well, I felt a little bit embarrassed because my kids were there, although they've heard most of these stories. Right. And rather than just letting her kind of be there, I, 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 I kind of bit her back. Like I kind of jumped back at her. Yeah. She's like an 83-year-old woman. And, and and I'm like, wait a minute. Did I literally just say, like, had you not left me in the living room with it? She yeah. used to leave me in the living room with General Hospital. I'm like, had you not done that for, you know, two hours every single day? And I'm like, wait a minute. that I grew up in a different generation. So right. the truth of the matter is, Jordan, every day I stick my foot in my mouth. I love my mother. I hope she's listening dearly. She was incredible. She raised my whole family in an amazing way. But boy, I wish I had Google Glasses with my Moments product built in that literally would have heard that question and prompted me to say something very different. I, I, first off, I love the story because I think that's it's an important framework when you think about real time, right? Because it's it's like everybody does that. Everybody can think of something where they're like, oh my God, like I wish I would have done that. For me, when I graduated law school, I was doing OCIs, on-campus interviews, right? You get invited to like interview for big firms and I got invited to two OCIs, which like I couldn't actually believe. I got invited to any OCIs. You and me so both. I know, right? Crazy. Um, and I ended up working for one of them. But the first one, I ended up working for the second one. The first one, I was 22. I was so nervous. I did the full interview and I got up and walked away. I didn't shake. I didn't shake the hand of the person interviewing me. They literally were like, "Great, see you later." And I just got up, like, "Yep, see you later." Walked away, and I got an, a rejection email that was like, "Hey, we thought you were a great candidate. By the way, you should shake hands with the person interviewing you. We're gonna pass." Like, it's like. The, by the way, if Dan is listening to this, you're kind of a dick. That was a mean thing to send to a 22 year old. The mean reason to pass on a lawyer, but at the same time. 
I really like same. I wish like in that moment, somebody, hey, like shake his hand. I would have turned yeah. around, shook his hand, and got that yeah. job. Right, like, yeah. totally different scenario. And so, but it's just an important lens for everybody to think of. Think about like the decision making process. That little bit of extra data can go a long ways for a lot of people. All right. Well, here, here is here is actually one that pops to my mind. Uh, I had immigrated to America and was heckling my company in a different country around football teams, American football teams. And uh, Super Bowl was coming up and I moved to Colorado where, you know, the greatest uh, football team in America happens to be the Denver Broncos. Uh, I think you meant Pittsburgh where there's six Super Bowls or maybe New England where there's also six Super Bowls, not Denver that has four. Probably. I'm sorry, you were breaking up on me there, but I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I wrote up this big, long, uh, what I thought was humorous, uh, heckling email to stir everybody up into company. And uh, in it, I had uh, misspelled bowl, B-O-W-E-L. And to this day, every Super Bowl, 17 years later, Bowel. I still get people... Yeah. Ping me, go, how are your bowels today? Your bowels yeah. doing okay? You, you're going to have so, some super bowels? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in a way, maybe I missed the moment. Maybe I didn't. It, it created a memorable moment. I, I thought it would have been the time where you we were watching football and you said, goal! <laughs> so the, well, one, the, the other one, actually, this is an even better one, Jordan. On on my, my, unfortunately, my much better knowledge of football, I think, is these days. But Howard and I were doing a, uh, a session not too long ago. And I used the analogy of, well, you would never allow, you know, the football players on the field to have, you know, live coaching coming from the sidelines be like cheating, but in sales, it's not. Apparently, apparently they allow that. Apparently that's a thing. I'm like, that's like, that's, that doesn't seem fair to me, but. Yeah, they I'm, have, they have uh, microphones and speakers in the helmets so they can tell yeah, them. Yeah, and, and so I've welcome, learned. That, welcome uh, to America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but again, super important. Everybody text Alistair, super happy Super Bowl next February when that happens again, because that will be super important. Um, and I'm going to cut it short because I know we're, we're running out of time and Dave is going to ping me in a second and say, hey, get the heck off this podcast. Everybody, thank you again. This is the final episode of the three-part mini-series. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Give us five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. And maybe, instead of this week on LinkedIn, maybe instead of LinkedIn questions, send us your moments where you wish you had real-time call coaching. And, and hopefully they're not as bad as Super Bowl. Super Bowl! Thank you again, Howard Brown and Alistair Wilcock, for, for joining in the three-part mini-series. And we look forward to next time. Thank you, Thanks, Jordan. You're always five stars. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. See you very next week. Thank you.